we've been in this series called Through the Dark. <laughs> uh, you're looking this way. Through the Dark, Becoming Confident Decision Makers. And this is really just a series about wisdom because wisdom is the characteristic uh, that helps us to move through doubts, uh, move through uncertainty, uh, and to see uh, where others really are in the dark. And so uh, when, when you're wise, you begin, to, you begin to grow in confidence and you begin to make better decisions. And so and we've been looking, about, uh, looking at how you can grow in wisdom. Uh, last week we looked at, uh, man, how we can be wise with the fork in the road decisions. And tonight I'm excited because we're talking about being wise with words. And uh, you all have experienced this, right? This, this, uh, this, difficult, uh, this difficult thing that is being wise with what you say. Uh, because, uh, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this. Uh, do you guys know what the average amount of words we use in a day is? Lo- lowest estimates uh, say 7,000 words. So if you're like an introvert and you don't talk a lot, you're still talking 7,000 words a day. So, so you, have, you have probably, I don't know, 700 uh, sentences uh, that, that you have to uh, think about. Man, should I say this? Uh, how should I say this? Oh. How should I respond, right? And there's, there's all these questions, and oftentimes, if you're like me, you find yourself putting your foot in your mouth. I can't actually do it, but figuratively, put your foot in your mouth. And, and personally, being wise with my words has been uh, incredibly challenging, uh, and, and consistently, I do put my foot in, in my mouth. And, and it's so, it's so uh, difficult as a pastor because uh, so much of my, my job and my life is just talking, right? And, uh, and like, Fun fact, uh, tonight in a 35, 40-minute message, I'll speak like 3,000 to 4,000 words, uh, right? And, uh, and I know because I type them all out, right? And, uh, and so uh, it, it's, it's, man, it's a lot to account for uh, in, um, in, in life. And so uh, and, and here's where this became particularly problematic for me. As a, a, an early teenager, I grew up in the church, and I heard this quote uh, as, as a 16-year-old. This, the old monk, St. Francis of Assisi, he, he was kind of crazy. Uh, you should read about him. Uh, but he said this. He said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Isn't that interesting? He says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And what he was saying is that your life really speaks volumes. And, and this really resonated with me because I'd seen so many religious people, church people, use words as a bludgeon just to like uh, hit people over the head. You're not doing good enough. You need to change this. You need to fix this. Uh, once you do this, then your life will be better. And, and I never wanted uh, to be that way. Uh, ironically, right, is, is wisdom is hard to come by when it comes with words. And, and there have been times in my life where my words have been used uh, not to build people up, but to break people down. And that's something that, that's so painful to think about uh, because uh, we, we, we're not called to talk less. We're, 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 we're called to talk uh, with uh, life in mind. And, and, and we all really, we struggle with this, whether you're a believer or not. We, we don't want to be vicious with our words, right? Like we, we don't want to be offensive. We live in a world of political correct, correctness, do we not? And, and we find people speaking less and less and less uh, about the things that they actually think are true. Uh, for fear of offending someone. You guys have been there, right? Like, I, I just want to be polite. I don't, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to be offensive. And, and, and our words have, have, we've lost confidence uh, because we don't know what the right thing to say is in the right moment. And that's what I want to talk uh, uh, to you about uh, tonight. And, and the desire to make a positive impact with our words is a God-given desire. And it's the first point that I just, I'd like you to write down if you have an outline. If not, it's all good. But, but it's simply this, that God has given your, your words great influence. God has given your words great influence. And, and experientially, we know this is true. You say something harsh, 
and it ruins a friendship. Uh, or you say something uh, encouraging, you didn't really think much about it, but you, you spoke life into someone and, and they remembered it uh, for years and years and years to come. And, and this is also something that God says is true over and over and over again. Now some of you are you're like, my words have great influence and you're doing a, a Robert De Niro, you talking to me? Right? Like, you're like, hey, my words have influence? I, I don't talk much, and when I talk, it doesn't seem like people are listening. But even you uh, have been given words uh, that are powerful. The Bible says that our words are like a rudder that, that changes the course of a large ship or a spark that can set forth ablaze. And I love uh, in Proverbs, it's the, the book of wisdom in, in the scriptures. Uh, I like how it puts, uh, puts how we speak and, and how our words are valuable. In Proverbs 18, 4, it says, wise words, so words that are, uh, that are um, God-honoring, that are truthful, that are impacting, that are positive. Wise words are like deep waters. Isn't that cool? Like, because a lot of times we use our words, and it's like uh, we, we sort of like uh, uh, flood people. Like, we, we, we crash onto them like a wave, but this is like, it's just like a deep well. It's not intrusive. It's just deep. And then he says this, and wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook, just like a little, like, like a broken sprinkler. You ever picture that? Like, it just kind of, like, leaks out and, and begins to give life to everything around it. That's, like, the, des- the description of what our words are supposed to look like. Wise words may give life to people everywhere. It, it reminds me of the company, uh, Fiji Water Company. They built a whole brand on this, right? You guys, get, can you see the picture? Uh, I don't know. I can't. Oh, there it is. Earth's finest, right? Like, it, it feels so good. Or, or listen to this verse, Proverbs eighteen twenty. It says this. Uh, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Isn't that true? Like someone just says the right word at the right moment and you're like, I need to hear that. That's what the Bible says. And he says this, the tongue can bring death or life and those who love to talk will reap the consequence. Now, do you notice the theme in this, these verses? He's saying, uh, when you speak words that are wise, when you speak words in, in the right timing, with the right heart and character, it, it's deeply satisfying. He's like, it's like he's saying, wise words are a good burger, right? Or for you healthy people, wise words are, are like a well-balanced meal, right? <laughs> Food pyramid. And he's like, it, it satisfies you. It fills you. It sustains you. I mean, and, and it's interesting in view of what Jesus said. Uh, you may ha- have uh, read these verses uh, where Jesus talks about himself. He says, uh, I am the bread of life. Isn't that interesting? And then Jesus says, uh, I am living water. And, and then he says in, in the desert when he's being tempted by uh, the devil, he says, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, he, he points to this truth that, that our words really matter. Like that our words can lift people or crush people. And, and tonight, I'd like to talk about how you can be people who, who uh, lift people more than you break people. And, and the, the best way that I could think of doing this is to look at the guy who says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who's satisfying, who says, uh, I am the word. I'm living water. And so I just want to look at a story about Jesus where he used his words in a way that lifted everybody in, in the story. Sound good? And, uh, and Jesus, he, he has a way with words, doesn't he? Like, if you've read the Bible before, you're just like, yeah, Jesus, you got him. Or, yeah, Jesus, I needed to hear that, right? And he has this way with words. And you'll see that in the story tonight. Here we go. This is John 8. It'll be on the screen. It's in your notes. Uh, but it's an incredible story. I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we'll dive in. It says this. Uh, the disciples went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and and all the people came to him, and he sat down 
and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? Uh, This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. But Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go uh, from now on, sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Let me pray one more time uh, and just pray that God speaks to our hearts. Father God, thank you for these people. I thank you so much uh, that you're speaking into our lives. I pray that you would help us to receive what you would have us hear. God, that you would help us to be people who speak words of life, not words that, that uh, destroy the people around us. God, help us to be wise with our words so that we, we would bring life to all the people around us. Uh, God, I pray that you would, uh, you would help us to, to know your love in a special way. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I, uh, I, Jesus is so good, isn't he? Are you believers in the house, right? Like, he's good. He's so good. I love Jesus because he's so different than me. He's so much better than me. And, uh, and I, I love this, this detail, right? When, when everybody goes home to rest, all the disciples, it says they go home, he goes up on the mountain. Isn't that interesting? It's like the middle of the night. He goes up on the mountain. And, uh, and, and this is like Jesus' uh, his rhythm. He, he goes up to prepare uh, when, when other people are going to rest. He goes up to receive from his heavenly Father uh, when, when others uh, are shutting their brains off. He goes up the mountain to receive and then down the mountain to bless. He's got this rhythm. He's like up, down, up, down, up, down, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of an exercise now, but uh, that's what Jesus does. He and, and he, he comes down from the Mount of Olives, and, and he comes down sort of like a rushing river and begins to teach people. It says uh, that, that early in the morning he came again to the temple. And, 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 uh, and here's the thing, is wisdom, wisdom with our words, really it starts with receiving from, from the Lord. Uh, he's got the words of life. And, and, and so Jesus, he, he, he spends time uh, receiving from the Lord so that he has something uh, to offer, and he comes down the mountain, and, and, and the first thing that, de- that Jesus teaches us about uh, having wisdom with our words is this. He comes down with a message. He comes down with a word for the people, and, and this is the first thing that's so interesting is that Jesus speaks to people who are open. Jesus speaks to people who are open. He comes down from the mountain. He goes into the temple, and, uh, and it says, all of the people uh, came to him, and he sat down and taught them. You, you, you circle that word all on your notes. All of the people came to him. It's like every, every, uh, every color, uh, every language, uh, every, uh, um, every uh, sort of good people, bad people, every sort of person came to hear Jesus teach because he had words uh, like a babbling brook bringing life to everything around it. All the people came. In other words, uh, he didn't exclude anyone. Isn't that so cool? Because like a lot of times we think about uh, uh, Christians and church, and we think, oh, that church over there, it's so, so exclusive, so clicky, right? But Jesus isn't that way. He's, he's inclusive. He was open to anyone who would want 
to here. Now, notice who isn't there. Uh, you see it later in the story. You got a group of scribes and Pharisees, the religious people. They're, they're not actually open to hear from a carpenter's son because he didn't go to school for this, right? Uh, he, he, he doesn't know better than us. We, we read the Bible constantly, right? And, and so, so they're, not, they're not open, but, uh, but you see, pride had closed them to learning from Jesus. And, and you know, it, it's a funny thing um, how often we're blind to how eager the crowds are uh, to hear about Jesus. I, I used to think that people hated the church and didn't want to hear about Jesus. Uh, and, and so I, was always, I always stepped into conversations about Jesus really timidly and, and often really just didn't step into them at all. Have you ever been there? And, and, I, and it was because I thought, man, people actually, they, they don't want to hear what I have to say about this Jesus that I know and love. But, but when I started to meet more people uh, who didn't have a church background, I, I began to discover that the opposite uh, was true. And, and here's how I did it. I basically just asked them, hey, uh, can I tell you about Jesus? <laughs> Go figure, right? It's a kind of a crazy question. But, but here's, here, here's a few examples among uh, dozens, right? I, I remember uh, meeting a, a girl who, uh, whose family life was so dysfunctional and her life was so broken that she'd been kicked out of her house and was living in her car. And I, and I remember, hey, hey, uh, what do you think about Jesus? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Can you tell me? I she ended up praying to, uh, to receive Jesus and, and got baptized. Or I got the, the, the guy who, uh, who, who uh, uh, was constantly uh, drinking and loved uh, narcotics, right? Like the guy who's uh, all, all about the drugs. And I'm thinking, this guy is not going to be interested in, in Jesus because Jesus is going to tell him, like, put the bottle down, right? And, and, and I was like, well, I'll give it a shot, right? Hey, do you want to know about Jesus? Like, yeah, tell me, right? And we ended up praying, praying together. Or the agnostic, that means someone who's not really sure that God is actually a thing. And, and I'm like, hey, man, like, I know you're an agnostic, but like, hey, what do you think about Jesus? And he's like, I, I don't know. Nobody's ever been able to explain to me why he matters, right? So I sit down, and he's like, oh, I never thought about it, right? Like, it's just so interesting. The people who you would think are the least interested are actually the most interested. And, and we see that Jesus, he, 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 he's willing to offer words of life to the people who are open. Now, uh, this is for, for you believers in the room. This is important for you to know because Jesus calls us to speak words of life into the lives of the people around us, right? So when people are broken, uh, they're, they're often open to hear about Jesus. Now, uh, you, you may be thinking, well, like, uh, I'm not really interested in doing that. Good news is the principle still applies to just everyday conversations. If someone doesn't actually want to hear what you have to say, th then you probably shouldn't bother uh, saying it, right? Are you guys with me? That, that meant you should look for the people who are open, and this is exactly what Jesus did. Now, um, you're like, there's nothing about openness in, in these verses. What, where are you getting this? Uh, but but here's, here's the thing that, that you have to, 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 to know is that uh, Jesus, he, he enters into the temple. And the temple is not actually what, like, it's not like this. Like here at, at North Point in the warehouse, we sing songs about Jesus and we like listen to messages and we talk about, you know, uh, our fantasy football teams and, uh, and or not. But, uh, uh, but, but we're here to hear about God and learn about God and, and get to know him. 
better. But in Jesus' day, the temple was actually more like River Park. Like there's, there's, there's like a farmer's market going on, you're, you're trading. It, it's a courthouse, you're making uh, financial deals in front of uh, essentially a judge. Uh, it, it's a place where, where people would uh, come to, uh, to meet other uh, people for social interactions. It's, it's basically like uh, a marketplace uh, with a little like church in the middle. And so Jesus is basically just going to where the people are and, and he's beginning to talk and talk and talk and talk. And, and, uh, and, and you see that as he begins to talk, uh, he sits down. And, and, and sitting down, it, it communicates something about openness. Uh, you know that if someone's willing to sit down with you, uh, that they're open to hear from you. Here's, here's why. Is sitting down, uh, it sh- if someone sits down with you, uh, you know that they're willing to give you some time. Because if you're sitting down, you're not going anywhere. Uh, sitting down uh, with you means that, um, that p- you have people's attention. Like you sit down uh, across the table for someone's coffee, uh, and uh, there's some measure of attention even if they're on the phone, right? And also, sitting down with someone, it shows that they trust you. Here, here's what I mean. Uh, you don't sit down with someone with, without, uh, you don't really get comfortable with someone uh, without some measure of trust. Like you don't, you don't go to someone's house and like kick your feet up on the couch, like kick your shoes off unless you sort of, know what to expect and trust them. And so Jesus, he, he sits down in this busy marketplace and he says, I, I'm here with you. And the people, they're like, all right, let's go, right? It, it's awesome. And, and he, there, there's this openness and he, he, he picks, uh, he, he picks the, the marketplace because he knows there's plenty of people who are eager to hear from him because he has words of life. Now, um, we aren't Jesus. Uh, so this is the caveat, is if you are a person who doesn't speak words of life, then people will be less and less and less and less open with you. And so if you find that, that, that nobody really wants to hear what you have to say, uh, then it could be that, that you're using words uh, to, to bludgeon people instead of to build people. And so you gotta do some, some soul searching there. But, but man, there are people who are open to hear encouragement, to, to, to be challenged, to go deep, to be real, to be known. It's an amazing thing. Now, uh, here's the second thing uh, that um, uh, we, we can learn about wise words from Jesus' example, uh, and it's this. Uh, Jesus' words set people free. Jesus' words, they set people free. Now, before I, I look at the, the passage and what I mean, uh, I, I was just thinking about freedom, and anytime I'm thinking about an idea, I, I just do the, the idea and then memes. So freedom memes, I did some freedom memeing. And there's like a lot of eagle memes, uh, a lot of flag memes, and I found my favorite eagle meme, meme of the lot. Uh, and I liked this one. It says, all aboard uh, the freedom truck, all right? It kind of reminds me of your truck, David. Uh, freedom truck. But all the eagles, they're on board because what eagle doesn't like freedom, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Brad knows about eagles, right? I'll, I've got a lot, of, a lot of bird references in this series, owls, eagles. And, uh, but here's, here's the thing. It's, it's, there's a funny thing about freedom, and there's a reason I chose this meme. Uh, it's not actually that funny. But uh, uh, also, it might be the most redneck picture I've ever shown. I, I, I don't know, but uh, uh, Jesus loves rednecks, and, uh, and he has words to say to them too. <laughs> uh, I gotta, don't deviate from the notes. Don't ever deviate from the notes. But, uh, but here's, the, here's the funny thing about freedom, right? We live in America, and we think everybody loves freedom, Right? Everybody wants to be free. Like, I want to be able to decide what I'm going to do. But, but here's the, the, the sad reality is many people prefer the alternative. Like we, we actually don't always like freedom. And, and here's uh, one example of, of what I mean. Uh, there have been dozens of articles over the last decade uh, about uh, people who will go to great lengths to stay in jail. Have you seen these? 
that, that people actually would prefer to be incarcerated than to be free. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but can I just give you some of the reasons that people choose to be behind bars and, and uh, lacking any real measure of freedom? This is an interesting list. Uh, this is from, uh, from a, a couple articles. It says, um, people uh, choose to, to stay in jail to get access to health care. Uh, to quit smoking, uh, this is really interesting, uh, uh, quit smoking, right? Like, is that a thing? Uh, in fact, one woman, uh, she stood outside a courthouse for six hours waiting for a deputy that she, she uh, thought she could slap. She, so she finally slaps this deputy so she could go to jail because she's so, uh, so uh, addicted to cigarettes that she just couldn't quit on the outside. Isn't that crazy? Here's another one. This is, this is a, um, to kick a drug habit, similar. Uh, uh, jail is better than life on the street, so homeless people will, um, will cr- commit uh, crimes to, uh, to get uh, three square meals and a bed. And this one was so interesting um, that, that people uh, often um, choose jail because they're lonely. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that so sad? In fact, uh, in Japan, uh, where 25% of the population is older than 65, they're, they're noticing this disturbing trend uh, of, of the elderly uh, choosing to be incarcerated over choosing to be free and, and in the neighborhood with their families. Isn't that so heartbreaking? But this is, the reality is that, that there are people who, who don't, don't even realize uh, or uh, who are choosing uh, to, to be enslaved to things. And, and, and this is an important point to understand uh, if you're going to see what Jesus is doing with his words. Now, let me read the next part of the story to you. Verse 3, it says this. Uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. But Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Now, uh, this is, uh, it's going to take some, some thinking power, but, but this is so interesting because the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, they're, they're the only people in this story who aren't open to hear from Jesus, right? You got all of the people gathered around Jesus. They're the only people who, who aren't interested in what the Son of God has to say. Isn't that so interesting? And, and, and they're so not interested that they're trying to trap him with a question, and their spirit, they're closed to the person with the words of life. So they've, they've shut themselves away in the prison of pride and self-righteousness. And so they quote to him the law, and they try and trap him. Now, you, you may not understand why they ask him this question. The law says, to stone such a woman, what do you say? But essentially, they're, they're doing this. That if Jesus says that adultery isn't wrong, then, then he proves he isn't God-honoring because he's not upholding the law, right? Uh, and, and then if he says, no, 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 you don't have to stone her. Uh, they've, they've trapped him because uh, they are proving that Jesus is a hypocrite because this has been Jesus' message uh, so far uh, in his ministry. He's been saying that, that the kingdom of heaven is open to all people, right? And it's open uh, not just to, to, to good people but to terrible people. Uh, and, and this woman, let's not, let's not be confused. Uh, she's not a good person, right? She's sleeping with someone else's husband. Like most, most of us would say cheaters, and eh, not interested, right? But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. like, hey, hey, let's, let's take a step back, fellas. They're trying to, trip him, to, to trap him. They're, they're, they're closed off to Jesus so much so that they're trying to trap him. You see, uh, these religious people, they're so focused on being right that they couldn't receive from Jesus. Man, how many people is that true of? They're so, so 
uh, desperate to be right, to be proven right, that they just won't listen to anybody else. This is, man, this, if, if that's not a prison, uh, I, I don't know what is. And, and here's the sad thing is that's often what we see with religious people. That's often what we see even here at this church is, is people accusing others of things. It's the spirit of criticism that, that binds us up and, and keeps us from seeing what God wants us to do. People say, uh, people at church aren't welcoming, or these people aren't uh, deep enough, or these people are too clicky, or uh, these people are so jacked up. Man, why would I ever want to spend any time with them? Do you notice the theme, right? Finger pointing. And it's so interesting how, how finger pointing becomes a shackle around our wrist, and we, we can no longer receive from him. And this is where the Pharisees were, right? In their hearts, they were, they were imprisoned by their anger, their pride. They were closed off to the things of God uh, because their hearts weren't open. And you're like, well, I thought Jesus has words that set people free. What's the deal, Ben, right? And here's where it gets good. You ready? As it says, as they continued to ask him this question, hey, what, what do you say? Should we stone her? They, they sort of like pestering him, right? Isn't that so interesting when people, with people who always want to be right, they just keep pestering you with the same question. And, and then Jesus says, he, he stood up and he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. It's one of the most famous moments in the Gospels, right? He's like, hey, he's, he was without sin, throw the first stone. Many of you have heard this before. It's one, it's one of the most famous moments. It's, and the words are incredible. And, and, and here's essentially what he's doing. These are what the words are doing. Are you guys ready? It, he He's, he's just shining a light on what's already there. He, he, essentially, he's saying, hey, 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 before we throw a rock, let's just all look in the mirror together. Isn't that interesting? Just all look in the mirror. Like, hey, guys, come on. Look at, if I had a big enough mirror, I'd, I'd, maybe we could take a selfie or something. But let's all look in the mirror. And he says, hey, let's, look at, let's evaluate our own lives before the Lord. Are, are you guilty? Like, are you deserving of judgment? Like, have you done things that, that you're hiding from others? And he holds the mirror up. It's so interesting. He just shines a light on what's already there. It's powerful. You see, it, it isn't just the open that benefit from words of wisdom. Uh, it's the imprisoned. It, it's not just the people who want to hear that, that, that have the Lord shine a light on what's true and what's good and what leads you to, to life. It's, I mean, it's also the people who are angry and accusatory uh, and, and vile with, with their own words. I mean, listen to what happens. It says this in verse 9. It says, but when they heard it, it's so interesting, right? When you hear from the Lord, it changes something in your heart. It says, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. You see, uh, it's so, it's so funny. We, we oftentimes don't even realize that we've stepped into a prison until Jesus speaks a word into our lives. And we don't even realize that the relationship is, is making us uh, bitterly sad, right? We, we don't even realize that, that the, the, the sin habit that we've been leaning into is, is not making us happy at all. We, we don't even realize that, that the way that we're ignoring God is, is robbing us of receiving from him. We don't, we don't even realize it until we hear from the Lord speaking into us and saying, hey, just, just look in the mirror. Look at what's there. And, and, and these men, they, they didn't realize that they were in the prison of anger and accusation. Uh, they, they didn't realize, man, what it was doing to them. And Jesus, he shines a light in them so graciously because sin chains us up, right? 
that sin keeps us from hearing, sin ruins us emotionally, it makes us nasty towards people because sin robs us of the ability to love others because we're so focused on ourselves. And, and Jesus, he, he, he shines a light on them so that they could, they could walk away from the thing that would damage their soul. It's so interesting, the, uh, the great um, um, speakers and uh, freedom fighters uh, of our generation, uh, they talked about how violence uh, ruins the soul. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about this uh, over and over and over again to the people who were uh, peacefully protesting because it's really true that, that anger does more to damage you than it does anybody else. And Jesus, in, in his grace, he says, hey, listen, you're, you're angry about the, the thing that's true of you. Isn't that so cool? He's like, I'm gonna set you free. Now, Jesus, he, he speaks openly with, with those who are open to hear. And, and if, if that's you, uh, then, man, uh, that's so cool because every day you're having these sweet moments with the Lord and hearing uh, from him. And, and that's such a, a sweet place to be. Now, if you uh, are, are not there and you've been closed off to the things that God is saying to you, just know that his words, they always bring freedom. Man, every time you're like, you're like but, but the thing he's saying to me seems to be too difficult too painful, too hard to walk in. But, but man, when he holds up a mirror that allows you to step out of prisons of pride or hate or anger or shame or guilt. Now, uh, here is the third reason that Jesus uh, speaks, and it's my favorite reason in the story. I'm going to give you the point, and then I'm going to tell you a story, and then we'll look at um, one more verse and, and call it an eye. But, uh, but it's this. Uh, Jesus speaks so that we can see the accuser is gone. Man, when Jesus speaks into your life, uh, oftentimes it's so that you can, you can see the accuser is gone. Now, uh, I, I took my, my kids, I have two kids, the twins, uh, they, they gave me permission to share this story, uh, which is funny because they're two, but uh, I said, hey, can I tell the story? They're like, yeah, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I took my kids to the library a couple days ago, and uh, um, so I'm holding Melody in one arm and a bag in the other, and Cameron's walking beside us, but we just got our new shoes, they're green, there's no designs on them, they're just green, and she's into green shoes, so she's like walking around like this, right? So two-year-old walking around looking at her feet, and, uh, and within, uh, within 10 feet, she's walking directly at a stone trash can, uh, and so I'm like, uh, I, so I call out, Cameron, look out, right? And she's like, mm-hmm, and she walks around the trash can, right? And, and then uh, uh, not uh, three seconds later, she's walking towards a, a metal safety handrail, and she's going to, like, uh, break her face on this handrail. She's, like, like walking, like, really fast for a two-year-old. And like, so I call out, Cameron, look out, right? And she looks up. She, like, goes around. And, like, in 30 yards, I do this seven times. It's, it's ridiculous, right? She's looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. And, and it was so, so frustrating. I'm like, just, just pay attention, two-year-old girl, right? But two-year-olds. And, uh, and, and here's the deal. This is exactly where the woman caught in adultery was, right? I, I picture it, right? She, she's been dragged out of a house, caught in the act. She's, she's naked. She's ashamed. Uh, she knows that everybody knows why she's there. And everybody's holding rocks, Right? And so she's terrified. They're going to murder me. They're going to kill me. I'm done for shame, guilt, fear, all of the things that cause us to look down and hide. Are they not? And, 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 and there's this, this moment uh, in, in the story. It's so powerful. It says this, and Jesus stood up, right? He's, he's sitting down with her, riding in the sand, and he says to her this. Listen to the words. They're so interesting. He says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Isn't that a powerful question? Isn't that a powerful question? Jesus' words, his question, it forced her vision upwards. Where are they? 
And she's been looking at the dirt this entire time. Where, where are they? Where, and do you know where they are? They've left, right? They're gone. You see, his words, the words of Jesus, they always invite us to see what he's already done. Man, he, man, at the cross, Jesus has dealt with any accusation that can be levied against you. Like he, he stood in between you and your guilt and your shame and your sin. He says, uh, there is no one who, who, can, who can accuse you any longer. I've taken the penalty. He, he, st- he stood between her and her accusers. He's been there the entire time. His words in the sand, the one thing keeping her from being stoned, right? The reason they're not stoning her is because he's in between her and them. Like his words in between her and accusation, judgment, condemnation, uh, the, the accusing glances. And, and, and he says to her, just look. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. And, um, and for some of you tonight, that's, that's the question that you need to hear. You've been looking at your shoes. Uh, you've been hiding who you really are from people. Uh, you, you, you've been so focused on the thing that, that you feel the worst about uh, that you can't connect with anyone. And, and it's because you think that if, if they knew what you'd done, not only would they reject you, reject you, but they'd ruin your life. And Jesus asks you this question. He says, where are your accusers? The woman, she says what? She says, no one's still here. They're gone. And those are the words that really changed her life, right? Because she looked up and she saw what God had done. Now, uh, in closing, there's a, this interesting verse that Jesus caps off the story with. And he says, he says this. It says, uh, Jesus spoke to the people one, once more, and he said this, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. In other words, he's saying this. He's saying, uh, the words that I'm speaking to you, they just illuminate what's already there. They just help you see what's already true. They, they just help you recognize what's already been done. And, and um, I uh, was having a conversation with uh, a student probably, I don't know, two or three months ago, and she asked me this question. She said, or, well, it wasn't a question. It was more of a, a statement. <laughs> she said, Hey, uh, I, I don't know what changed. I, I used to come, and I didn't really like any of your messages. <laughs> didn't, didn't get anything out of them. Like, well, that's sad, right? <laughs> but uh, but it, was, it followed up with positive. She said, uh, but I don't know what's different, but it feels like, it feels like I mean, I just, I'm always getting things out of the messages. And, uh, and it, it was just an interesting thing to hear. And I, you know, I, kinda, I, I don't even remember how I answered her. But, um, but I, I was thinking about that, that statement and that observation and, and I was realizing something about myself, and I just want to apologize to you for this. I, I think uh, before, uh, before the summer, I'd spent so much of my messages pointing out what was obvious. Hey, if you read your Bible, you'll grow. Hey, if you pray, you'll grow. Hey, if you, you quit, like, texting this person who's, like, been rude and ruining your life, like, you'll, you'll be happier. Like, just pointing at things that are really obvious, really, uh, that anybody can see. Uh, and, um, and, and I think that's really not helpful. And that's really not what Jesus does, right? He, he doesn't point at what's obvious so much as he, he, he points at, at the thing that we couldn't believe unless he told us, right? Uh, like, who, who is there to condemn you? I can't believe it. I, like, I don't even want to look up. I'm so afraid. 
And, and, and here's what, why he, it's so interesting that he ends the story with this, this phrase, is, I'm the light of the world. In other words, uh, he, he shines light, a light in places that we, we, never, we never imagined to look or see. And, and here is the thing that's so amazing about Jesus and about words that give life. It is words of life uh, are the words that you speak into someone that, that they can't believe about themselves, but you know are true because of what God has done in the person of Jesus. At the cross, uh, Jesus stood between us and, and the punishment that we deserve because of our sin and rebellion against God. At the cross, Jesus demonstrates how much he loves us in laying down his life on our behalf, right? At the cross, Jesus demonstrates his power to, to do the thing that we think is impossible, to change the thing that we thought couldn't happen when he rose from the dead. He, he shines a light on the things that you cannot believe. And when you begin to look at Jesus, you, you begin to understand what words of wisdom really look like. Now, uh, are you people uh, who uh, are building people up uh, or breaking people down? It's an important question to ask because if you find yourself struggling to pour life into people, uh, the solution isn't to like, uh, to, to make uh, an iPhone plan and set reminders of words of encouragement. Uh, the solution is to look at Jesus because he shows us what is true about the people in our lives that they can't see. Now, uh, man, I'd love to pray for you. We're gonna sing one more time. And uh, would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, thanks so much for these people. Man, thank you for your son Jesus and the cross. Thank you that, man, when people stand in accusation of us, you say something different, that you stand between us and them. Uh, because your desire is that we would walk with you and know you and live in, in freedom. And, and so, God, for, for those of us who have been unwilling to listen to what you have to say, have been uh, unwilling to seek you out and hear from you, uh, Father God, I, I pray uh, that, that you would begin to, to shine a mirror at those places of stubbornness, self-righteousness, sinfulness, the things that we're not willing to acknowledge, that we might see what's already there so we can recognize what you've offered us in the person of Jesus. And, and Father God, I wanna pray for those people who are open to hear from you, God, that, man, as they hear from you, you would help them to walk uh, in, in your ways, uh, to follow you so that they might see uh, at every point in the journey. God, thanks for the way you love us. God, I pray that you would stir us to move uh, because of what uh, you've spoken into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.